But here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, a lot of us think that, okay, God has created me to be this um, and I'm moving in this purpose. And then we get confused when we start to feel the contrast. We get confused. If God made me to be this, then why is this happening? Or why is that happening? If God told me to go here, then why am I feeling all this pushback and so on and so on? But the thing is, I want everybody to understand that just because God has created you to be something, God has told you to do something, God has given you purpose in an area does not mean that everything around you and every circumstance around you is going to look to respect that. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Humanly Heke. Um, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you this, that February has definitely been a very challenging month for your boy. Um, but God showed up. God showed up. I don't know how your life has been right now. It could be very challenging right now. It could be very confused. You can be very uncertain about many things in your life, but I just want to encourage you, and I want this to be the biggest takeaway that you take from all of this stuff. God is still God, and he loves you, and he will not leave you, and he will not forsake you. This state that you're in, it won't end this way. It will not end this way, and I want you to continue to have faith. That's why I want to I start off right there. We're going to go into the episode, but I want to start off right there. If you turn on this episode because you needed some type of hope to get through the week, because week after week after week, day after day, you've been tired. You've been tired. You're exhausted. You're frustrated. And you don't understand. God sees you. God hears you. He's in control. He loves you. And all things will work together for your good. All right. So what are we going to talk about today? I'm going to talk about this. The statement that I want to make is this. Do not consider the contrary. Do not consider the contrary. I want us to understand something that when God gives us a word. Yeah. Satan hears that word. And what he wants to do is send situations, send trials, send people, whatever it might be to move in contrast to God's word. Right. Um, so we're, matter of fact. We're going right into the scripture. <laughs> we ain't going to waste time today. Matthew chapter 14. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. Let's go. Come on. First on verse 22. This is the Jesus walks on water story, but I'm not going to go too deep into that story. I'm just going to read that first part. So on verse 22, it says immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Jesus tells his disciples to go to the other side of the sea or whatever. And, you know, he's going to meet them, whatever it might be. And when he had sent the multitudes away, Jesus sent the multitudes away. He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, even now, when even evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. The boat that the disciples are on is now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. May God bless the hearing and the reading and understanding of his word. And Jesus might say, I pray the wind was contrary. What we see is that Jesus told the disciples, go to the other side. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going to do some things here. Go to the other side of the sea. And what happened when they started to go to the other side of the sea? The wind was contrary. They ran into a storm and the wind was contrary. The wind was moving in the other direction, trying to draw them back, shaking them, tossing and turning them with the wind and the waves and all that different stuff. The wind was contrary. 
Because when God tells us to go here, when God says that we are this, when God tells us that this is our purpose, Satan moves to try and contrast everything that God is saying. You know, my cousin asked me a question this week and um, love you, Alero. Thank you so much for asking me this question. I don't think you understand how how that was a spirit that led you to ask me that question. Um, she asked me, why did you start an associated manual? Why, what is your testimony? Um, and I've shared my testimony before I have, um, but this, I, I mean, I've, t- I've shared it many times, but in this moment, as I was feeling low, cause February was a very, has been a very challenging month for me. As I was feeling low, I needed to be reminded of this question of the, of the answer to this question. Why, what, what was, why did you start an associate? What led you to do this thing? And I've talked about it before. I talked about the moment. I actually, you know, um, found out the exact date that this happened, February 2nd, 2018, when I was feeling like a loser, a complete loser. And I was staying in my bed. And that's the word that came to me. I said, I am a loser in my head. I said, I'm a loser. I was pitch black in my room. My roommates were already asleep. I was in college at the time. My roommates were already asleep. And I told myself, oh, I'm a loser. And in that moment, there was a thought. There was a thought. And it did not come from me. It was not my thought. It was an intrusive thought. It was a, it was a thought that disrupted my entire thought process. And it said, you are a winner. You are a winner. And that started it. That started and I got confirmation the next day when I went to some conference and I was eating my breakfast and I looked up and, you know, I didn't think of it. You know, the thought, the thought came that night. I went back to sleep and I'm at this conference the next morning and I look up at the projector and the projector there says, you are a winner. I said, okay, God, you got my attention. Because in that moment, what God was telling me I was, was in complete contrast to how I was feeling and how everything else in my life was, what everything else in my life was telling me I was. And that was the start, ladies and gentlemen. That was the start of me learning that I am unassociated. And I don't even know if that's a real word, but I am unassociated (laughs) with what the world says about me, with my wins and losses, with my environment and so on. I am who God says I am and I am a winner no matter what in life tells me that I am a loser. Because God's word over us is true. But the devil's job is to move in contrast to the word, in contrast to what he's given us, in contrast to what he's made us, in contrast to the purpose that he's given us. As we can see, Jesus told them, go to the other side. And what happened? The wind was contrary. The vision of unassociated, and this is where I reiterate the vision, the vision of unassociated, the reason why this started, if you don't know, Unassociated is bigger than just the Church Boy Confessions, right? And unassociated is we have the podcast, Church Boy Confessions, created with Kendra. We have the videos that we create, needed conversations, um, um, all, all the videos that we create. Um, we have the blog, www.unassociated.com. And, and it all started on the foundation of helping you know your identity. And why were we so big on identity? Because I truly believe it's been placed on my heart. And I truly believe that when you know who you are, it has immense influence on every other area of your life, how you approach every trial of your entire life. Knowing who you are has immense influence in that realm. God has created you with purpose. God has created you identity in him. And he wants us to live according to this purpose and this identity. But here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, a lot of us think that, okay, God has created me to be this um, and I'm moving in this purpose. And then we get confused when we start to feel 
the contrast. We get confused. If God made me to be this, then why is this happening? Or why is that happening? If God told me to go here, then why am I feeling all this pushback and so on and so on? But the thing is, I want everybody to understand that just because God has created you to be something, God has told you to do something, God has given you purpose in an area does not mean that everything around you and every circumstance around you is going to look to respect that or look to agree with that. In fact, you can bet that the circumstances that come your way are going to look to contrast that. Literally contrast that as the wind was contrary. These contrary situations are sent by Satan and evil spirits. And ultimately, their goal is to get you to doubt. Their goal is to get you to panic. Their goal is to get you to disregard the word of God and even disobey the father. Ultimately, what Satan does here is he takes advantage of some of the thought process that we have. You know, that one thought process that says that, hey, you know, if God has created me to do this and have this purpose, and that means I should be able to do A, B, and C, and I should meet all these benchmarks. And we set benchmarks that God didn't even set for us. But because we have this idea, you know, God told us who we were. God has given us his purpose. And then we are the ones that go and try to extrapolate everything and say, okay, well, since I'm this, since I'm supposed to do this, then I'm going to do A, B, and C. And you meet all these and you have all these benchmarks for what someone like you should be able to accomplish at your age. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody, right? I'm probably talking to myself. Satan starts to take advantage because sometimes you think that if God has called me to it, God has created me to be it, then I shouldn't have any issues. It should be easy. He's taking advantage of your mindset. He's taking advantage of you thinking things are supposed to be easy. He's taking advantage of you thinking that you're supposed to meet these certain benchmarks that you made yourself, but God didn't make for you. He's taking advantage of it to get you to doubt, to get you to panic, to get you to fold, to get you to, to disobey the Father. Because we all know that when things start to not go as expected in our lives, that's when, oof, man, <laughs> we got our whole lives planned out. You know, we already know that this is this is supposed to happen and then it doesn't happen. Maybe you fail, maybe, you, you know, whatever it might be. And then you fall into a deep, deep realm of uncertainty, questioning everything, your identity, your purpose, everything. You even question if God is real. Because the wind is contrary. I want you to understand this There's a reason why the word of God tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. I believe it's is it first Corinthians, second Corinthians, chapter five, verse seven. Walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by faith and not by sight. There's a reason why. And you want to know that reason It's because ultimately, when you look at the circumstances, they move in contrast to God's word and you are a child of God, which means you are supposed to move in agreement with God's word. Right. But if all the things that you see is moving in contrast and you are walking by sight, then that means that you are going to eventually move in contrast with God's word yourself and you are not going to be doing the will of the father anymore. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight, because when these contrary situations these situations, these trials that rise up in our lives that Satan has caused are contrary, moving in, con in contrast to that direction that God has told us to go, moving in contrast with who God has said that we are. 
We have to be able to have the faith to recall on God's word and know, hey, 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 I am more than a conqueror and everything through Christ. To know that I am loved, to know that all things work together for my good. You have to have faith to remember that when the wind is contrary. You know, what's funny is that, you know, I'm thinking about the disciples at that time, what I would do. You know, Jesus told me to meet him on the other side of the sea and we start going that way. And the wind is contrary. Think about it. You're a fish like these guys were a lot of these guys were fishermen. Right. And it's like you've been at sea in order for you to move with the sails. I mean, I don't think they had any motors back then. The wind needs to be moving in agreement with the sails. And that's the thing. And this is where I want you to understand to consider not the contrary, because a lot of the times we base our identity on what we see, we base our identity on our circumstances, the things that we that we experience, right? And it makes sense, right? Doesn't it make sense that the sail, the boat is supposed to move in agreement with the wind? But things work differently when we're talking about God. <laughs> things work differently. Because if we were to listen to our circumstances and the disciples were to have listened to the fact that the wind was contrary, best believe that they would have turned back, wouldn't they? And it only made sense, right? The same way that you have been listening to the circumstances in your life, telling you that you are not who God created you to be, telling you that this is not the purpose that God is putting in your life. But rather than move with faith, you move with sight and it wants to turn you around. It wants to change your course outside the will of God. We have to pay attention to this. We have to pay attention to this. You have to understand who you are and you have to understand who you are. And, and, and I think one of the best ways to do that is understanding what you are not. So I have some things. I want us to talk about the things that we're not. The things that we're unassociated with. Because like I said, there's different circumstances, there's different things in this life that try to define us every day. Every day. And the thing is, if we actually give in to the wind being contrary, to the contrary things against God's words, then we are going to mess up. That's when you really mess up. And we don't want to be in that situation. We don't want to be there. We don't. We don't want to be. I'm, I'm sure that you don't want to be there. A lot of us, we look to people's perception of us. Let's start there. We look to people's perception of us to, to define us, right? You know, we look at how people treat us and we feel bad if we don't feel valued by some people. We feel like, oh, this person that's, you know, everybody's popular. Oh, I hope that they look at me or, oh, I hope that this person values me and so on and so on. And people are treating you like trash. And then you start to believe that you're actual trash. People are not nice to you. People don't care about you. It seems like you're invisible, so you actually believe that you don't matter, right? But can I tell you something? that we Last week we read in Matthew chapter 27, starting at verse 27 to 44. I'm not going to read it, but I want you to go back and read it. Matthew chapter 27, verse 27 to 44. We're literally reading Jesus Christ being humiliated, the humiliating death of the Son of God, of God in the flesh. And think about how. People treated Jesus in that time. They spat on him. They mocked him. They beat him. They humiliated him. They took his garments and they gave it away to themselves. They were casting lots over it. 
humiliating God in the flesh. Now imagine if we all believe that Jesus only was who people perceived him to be. Because understand that he was the son of God and you agree with that, right? Jesus was the son of God. But if we were to look to how people perceived him as. He was treated and he was killed like a criminal. I need you to understand. Jesus Christ was and is the son of God. When you imagine you were you were the person that, you know, you were there and before Jesus Christ actually came on the scene and everything like that. And like you're thinking like, oh, you know, I'm hearing all these prophecies of, of a Messiah that's going to come. And you probably have your idea of what a Messiah is supposed to do. Right. Oh, Jesus Christ, a Messiah, a Christ is supposed to come. Um, I'm, I'm sure that he's going to to rescue us and save us from the Jewish community, from the Roman oppressors. Right. He's going to rebuke Caesar, right? He's going to do all these different things. But no, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, that wasn't Jesus's goal. It was to save us from our sins. So people perceive him, what? What? Look at the son of God here dying on a cross. One of the most shameful ways, if not the most shameful way to die in that culture, to die on a cross with thieves. So what does this tell us? It tells us that Jesus was the son of God, but he was treated like a criminal, meaning that if you were to just look and de and define yourself based on how people perceived you and based on how people treated you, you could miss it. You could get it wrong. A lot of us, we try to define ourselves based on our environment, based on the place that we've come from, right? There's a place in the Bible in, James, in John chapter one where Jesus, he's calling his disciples. He's, he's gathering, you know, the, the, the Avengers, the team, right? And he calls this guy Philip. And Philip's so excited, he goes to his friend Nathaniel, says, Nathaniel, we found the guy that the prophets were talking about. His name is Jesus Christ, and he's from Nazareth. And, and, and I'm sorry, he was talking to Nathaniel. And Nathaniel said in John chapter one, verse 46, he says, Can anything good come from Nazareth? What does that reveal to us? What it reveals to us is that Nazareth was not the most flashy place where you would think that the Christ, the Messiah, the son of God, God in the flesh was supposed to come from. Right. But he did. But he did. So what does that tell us? What does that tell us? People were like, oh, you come from Nazareth. How can the son of God come from Nazareth? What does it tell us that? If you just solely look to your environment, the place that you've come from in order to define who you are, mm, you can get it wrong. Because Jesus was the son of God. He didn't come from the house of a king, like a physical king here on this planet. He came from a manger with animals. Yuck. Some of us feel really bad when we sin so we think that our sin defines us but the problem with that is that jesus christ died for your sins and he raised again in ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 it says in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace that means that our debt was paid we have redemption because of what jesus christ did we have redemption that means that our debt is paid we are no longer slaves to sin that means that we are a new creation, like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. So what does that mean? 
That if you try to identify, you uh, let your sins and your mistakes identify you, then that means that you are disregarding the thing that Jesus Christ did for you, and that's die for your sins. That's die for your sins. If you try to, to never let go and always see yourself as your mistakes, you are just completely disregarding what Jesus Christ did for you. And that is not respectful. That doesn't make you more righteous either. That doesn't make your life more better. It's killing you. So what that tells me is that if I look to my sins to define me and my mistakes to define me, to tell me who I am, hmm. I could get it wrong. A lot of us look at our failures. We look at our win and loss record to, to tell us who we are. All right. You know, we, we think we're everything that God's created us to be. And then at some point, the wind becomes contrary and we fall because we failed or we or we did this and just didn't work out the way we wanted it. And we just feel like a failure, like, dang, nothing's working out. Oh, my gosh, I'm a failure. Yada, 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 yada. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says all things work together for our good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So that means if you're called according to his purpose, if you love God, that even your failures work together for your good. So how in the world are you actually really losing? And that's why it makes sense. Same Romans chapter 8, it says that we are more than conquerors in all things through Christ. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is. The unassociated lifestyle, the lifestyle of a child of God, where we identify not with people's perceptions of us, not with the environment that we were raised in, not with our past mistakes, not with our failures, not with our wins or our losses. We identify with who God has created us to be. And we do the will of the Father. We understand who we are and we understand who we are by faith. And we also understand that because God has given us this word, that our life, the devil is going to spend our entire life trying to move in contrast to everything that God has made us to be, everything that God has made us to do. But we cannot fold. We cannot fold. On February 2nd, 2018, I was feeling like a loser, but God told me I was a winner. Does that mean that I never lost at anything, right? No. But, you know, one thing that the Holy Spirit told me is that, understand this, you can lose. Lose at anything. Lose at anything. But do not lose yourself. Don't lose yourself. <sighs> you go, you stop, you switch up strategies when God says. We don't look to our circumstances, no. We do not consider the contrary. We consider the word of God. And I pray that that message can bless you that has been unsure and uncertain about your identity unsure and uncertain about your purpose and not that 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 uncertainty has not come from from what god has told you and you know it hasn't come from what god has told you it's come from your performance it's come from your failures it's come from other people it's come from your environment and so on and so on and so on what i'm told told you i've told you now so you can't act like you don't know i've told you 
Be careful. I told you, you can't say that you're ignorant to these things. That those things do not define you. So what do you do now? You get back up because you understand that I am a child of God and you now you know what that means. Now you know what that means. Let's go into prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for this message. And I just felt it on my spirit to reiterate the vision. <laughs> Why did I start unassociated? Because of this, because of because of the listener, because of the the person that's watching. In those times where they've ever doubted if the purpose that you've given them in life is actually theirs or the identity that you've given them in life is actually theirs, oh God, because of their circumstances, because of the things that they've endured, because of the things that they've gone through, Lord Jesus, right now I pray that any ounce of uncertainty and doubt in their life, I rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. I bind it and I cast it out in the mighty name of Jesus. Raise up your children to be certain and sure. In your word, in the mighty name of Jesus, help us to grow in our faith. Because it's easy to say trust God. It's easy to say have faith in God, but it's hard to actually do it, God. And we ask that you help us, oh God. Strengthen us, oh God. Give us more wisdom, oh God, to know your word, to use your word. So when the wind is contrary, we do not follow the wind, oh God, but we follow your word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Just because I say in Jesus' name that I pray, and that means that nothing is going to happen today, nothing is going to happen tomorrow, that all of the problems is just magically going to go away right when we say it, Father God, because we're not just praying for our problems to go away, we're praying for us to be able to endure, that it can finish its perfect work, oh God. We're praying, Lord Jesus, that we that you help us to remain faithful through it all, oh God. Father, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, for the listener. I'm praying for the watcher, oh God, that they know your word and they know exactly who they are and they know their purpose, oh God, and they move in accordance to that and they are faithful. They are faithful. They are faithful. I'm not talking about how much results that they can make. I'm not talking about how many that they can that they can do, how many wins, how many losses. I'm talking about their faithfulness. Help them to remain faithful, faithful. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. I love you guys. I pray that that could help. And I pray that you send it to somebody else that needs to hear it. If you have any questions, you can DM me on Instagram, eheke underscore unassociated. Unassociated. And you can also send in your questions to www.undashassociated.com slash askchurchpoint. I love you guys. Have an amazing week. Peace. Peace.